This is the Crit RPG Podcast, the only podcast recorded under a roof, so you can hear the pleasant, soothing rain. Today with me is Dragon of Rochester. How are you doing? Pretty good, I think. Um, well, this this week has been uh, a, a little rough. Uh, I'm still recovering from last week where I didn't get the extra six hours of editing time. Um, and I'm, I'm still trying to figure out my uh, time schedule for, you know, writing and editing. So mm-hmm. <laughs> those, uh, those six hours just killed my um, my speed. I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to put out more than a ch- one chapter of tanking hits this week. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, so... <sighs> Which of, which story do you want to talk about first? Uh, you have a plethora of stories we could talk about. <laughs> I, I do have a, quite a few stories. Um, um, let's let's start with tanking hits then. Ooh, okay, yeah. Uh, could you please state for the record the full title of the story? Hold on, <laughs> tanking hits. I level when I get hit in the balls <laughs> to make sure I got it exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, guys. Completely professional. Uh, we we all absolutely not know every single syllable of every little title we wrote. Um, <laughs> uh, you, why do I do this to myself? <laughs> I I don't I don't know. Uh, but you you mentioned yesterday that there was a story behind that story. Yes, I, uh, so I got into this debate with no dragons. Um, Which is, of course, your arch nemesis. <laughs> no, he's, he's fine. <laughs> he's a good guy. Um, <laughs> of course, him being no dragons and me being Dragon of Rochester does seem like he would make an amazing nemesis. <laughs> Doesn't it? Um, so... He uh, was trying to find an amazing idea for his next story. And I kind of argued with him or debated with him that uh, the idea didn't have to be amazing as long as the execution was solid. Uh (laughs) And, uh, you know, we went back and forth for a while. And then I was all like, you know what? Here, I'll I'll just prove it to you. (laughs) Go ahead and... uh, tell me the worst idea you could think of for a story. And he's all like, well, how about I reincarnated as a tank? I level when I get hit in the balls. So <laughs> <laughs> that is uh, what became taking hits. <laughs> oh my Lord. I, I forget which author it was, but that was literally also the start of one like, best-selling series um yes uh jim butcher uh for yes. of, uh, i'm gonna butcher this but uh calderon i think i see <laughs> what you did there and yes that was that was exactly it yes uh it was uh i think i think the, the prompt he got was like uh it's the lost roman the, the lost roman legions and it's also pokemon um mm-hmm. and yeah it was a best-selling series so i think you're following a good recipe there <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, right now, as, as I'm looking at it, uh, it's sitting at uh, uh, 132,000 132, views with 1,600 followers. So you're doing something right. 
I'm certainly trying. So no dragons. Um, was there any wager behind it, or did he? Oh no, no. He, uh, he I think he even forgot about it. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> once I went to go and prove myself right, <laughs> which is fine because like one Discord conversation uh, over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, he's not gonna remember. <laughs> Well, maybe he'll listen to this podcast and then he'll remember. Maybe. Um, but I I love challenges. Uh, in fact, most of my stories were created because uh, I tried to challenge myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or because of contests. It wasn't that I didn't have uh, an idea for a story, but the uh, contests make me more determined to finish it. Okay. I definitely can see that. Um, but yeah, you, write, you also write other stories, right? You also, uh, you don't just write about elf boys getting kicked in the balls. <laughs> ah, yes. Um, probably my more uh, famous story is uh, When a Mortal Ascension Fails, Time Travel to Try Again, which mm-hmm. does not have a comment in the title because when I was creating that on Royal Road, I was told that uh, there was an issue with uh, punctuation and searching for um, stories. So rather than have people have a hard time searching for the story because the punctuation was either missing or not there or whatever, I just decided to go without it completely. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why it does not have a comment in the title. (laughs) I think they have since uh, fixed that issue, but that was why it doesn't have a title a comma right now <laughs> okay i mean you can you can you can just add it now right i sure i could <laughs> <laughs> i know that tone i i use it myself um actually it was a question i wasn't going to ask because i thought that maybe there's like a really great reason behind it and i'm just a noob but um i guess i was proven right uh, but please Go on. Do tell me about uh, when Immortal Ascension fails, time travel to try again. Um, Well, the story is about an immortal cultivator called uh, Lynn, or Fairy Lynn. Um, She she got to the top of the world, and then during Mm -hmm. her lightning tribulation... um, the protagonist of the story she was transmigrated into got involved with her tribulation, making it several times larger, and it just killed her. Um, well, it killed her body. But she still had the chance to um, fly somewhere and, you know, recreate her body or whatever, you know, like immortal cultivators do. But sh- her soul fell into a tear in time and space and brought her back to when she was nine years old. All right. <laughs> Sorry, no, I, I clicked my um, headphones, and it started the YouTube video that I have in a tab on here. And so I had this really uh, high-pitched Japanese voice <laughs> in my ear all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might actually leave that in. That is, that is great. Okay. okay. So... Uh, I was I was imagining suddenly like I don't know like some nature documentary about platypuses or something. 
Platy pie. <laughs> okay, so. So that's the that's the intro to uh, when immortal ascension fails. Um, then she becomes nine years old uh, again, and so she first goes to try to take revenge against the uh, original protagonist because she was in the same village as him, the same starting village as him, and then she realizes, <laughs> oh, he's like, you know, seven or eight years old. I can't kill a seven or eight years old little kid i'm not evil (laughs) (laughs) so she instead takes him as uh her little brother um quite possibly to uh you know use him in the future to help her ascend to greater heights or protect her or whatever um but uh you know throughout the story she slowly comes to realize that maybe if she just teaches him to not be a complete douchebag, he won't be. And uh, there's a mystery there of, you know, how he became the uh, reprehensible bastard that he eventually became. If you are a friend of the kazoo ad, you have to be very, very strong now. I regret to inform you that Sherdaloon went and bought the tear that removes the kazoo ad from all podcasts. And and now it's gone. So you got Sherdaloon to thank for that. On the other hand, if you want to add the kazoo ad again, there's a tear for that too. Thanks so much for listening and let's get on with the show. Um. Okay. And Lin's goal is to stop that. Okay. And of course, all Wuxia protagonists are kind of bastardy. Um, that, that's hyperbolically <laughs> speaking, of course. I, I, please don't lynch me. Uh, I know there's like many good Wuxia, Wuxia novels out there. There are some good uh, protagonists and a lot of asshole protagonists. <laughs> and sometimes that's okay, too. Uh, if you, if that's yeah. something you want to read, I mean, there's certainly a market for it. Um, sometimes people just want to be very grim and err uh, and defy the heavens. I, I think that's okay. But I also really adore that you're taking that trope, and yeah, you're giving it more introspective spin, even even if it is in the in the shell of a story about a nine year old immortal cultivator jade princess i guess so uh well the part of how i uh started writing it was because uh silver pen actually had a uh, short story contest and uh i wanted to write a uh satire of uh chinese cultivation novels um and most specifically how they are Utterly ruined with hair and tropes. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask something that that's maybe slightly insensitive, even um, because this is a, your podcast about you mostly. But I'm I'm sensing that this might also have been the birthplace of um, Beware of Chicken. Oh, Beware of Chicken. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. My story uh, came before Beware of Chicken, actually. Yeah, I think you can just boldly go and claim credit for inspiring that person. <laughs> I don't, I don't know about that. I doubt it. Uh, Casual Farmer is uh, 
an incredible author. Very uh, kind, I hear. Oh, yeah. At least uh, from the people who've worked with him before. I've heard that. He's really good to work with. He's also very reclusive, I hear, so... <laughs> Probably. That's uh, not necessarily a bad thing. Oh, no, not at all. So, as I was saying, Silver Pen had that contest. I entered it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I won a uh, month worth of free uh, Discord Nitro from it, which was nice. Um <laughs> But the, the thing was, is that I, I had wanted to do a, a cultivation story, like uh, what a mortal ascension fails for a while. And that just mm-hmm. helped me help me start it. <laughs> Again, like it's a challenge that started a cool story for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, Cold Steel Dig was also a challenge, actually. <laughs> okay. You want to talk about that one for a second then? Sure. It's... Uh, completed story though i do still have uh, vague plans to write the second uh novel for it eventually <laughs> um but someone challenged me to write a uh mining lit rpg because at the time game limit wasn't a thing so uh mm-hmm. if it had been a thing then they would have challenged me to write a mining game lit all right <laughs> so i uh i had been watching um the labyrinth and i wanted to do something that combined a labyrinth-esque story with mining and a video game <laughs> and that's basically what uh how I came up with Cold Steel Dig. Okay. Do you want to go through the plot real quick for people who don't know it? Oh, uh, sure. Kelly and her little brother were hanging out. It was her time um, to have their shared computer. Mm -hmm. But uh, her little brother was freaking out um, about this game that he was playing, which was this uh, 2D mining game. All right. And... uh, she accidentally ended up causing him to fail, which um, then brought the uh, the ending boss of the game uh, into the world for a brief second. And uh, he kid- basically kidnaps her brother. And then um, he sends her into the game and in order to get him back, she has to reach the end of the game and defeat him. So it's oh no, it's obviously based off of um, well, it's obviously stealing the premise of the labyrinth. Ah, okay, and also Terraria. <laughs> sure, the um, gameplay that I used is actually based quite a lot off of dig out um though they oddly enough dig out was a very simple uh video game and then uh after i'd written this story they had ended up changing quite a bit of it to uh be similar to uh some things i added in my story that weren't in the game originally so I don't know if they read my story and uh, 
picked up on that or if they had already had plans to do that or what. I think, again, you can just boldly go and claim credit. That's two <laughs> great things you've inspired already. And many more may follow. Stay well, tuned. Yeah. I mean, I do have a degree in video game art and design. Oh! And I worked in the industry for eight years, so... Oh! Oh, that's actually pretty interesting. Because on the show, we talk a lot about books, right? Mm-hmm. We talk a lot about um, lit RPG and game lit and progression fantasy. But A, we never really talk about the people coming into lit rpg where they're from that's super interesting do you want to talk about that a little bit do you want to talk about how you went from there to here oh (laughs) well so i got a job in the video game industry right out of college um the dream yes it it was a dream but it was with a, a small studio called machine union um, we mm-hmm. worked on our own games for a while. Um, sadly, I don't. I think only one of them was um, published, which is called Bidos Plus, and it's for WiiWare. There's also a PC version of it called uh, Bidos, but I forgot uh, the extra part there um then you know the recession hit us really hard so i got laid off for several months and then they brought us back Mm -hmm. or at least brought me back um i worked for another several years and then once again was laid off (laughs) this this happens a lot with the video game industry oh yeah um but a few months later i came back to the same company i can't remember how many times i was laid off specifically off the top of my head. But uh, I did eventually come back uh, and and throughout that, those years I had worked on games for uh, as an art outsourcer for pocket gems. So I worked on uh, paradise cove. Mm -hmm. There were so many, (laughs) there were so so many Uh, campus life. I think I don't know if it ended up being published under Campus Life, but that was uh, the working title. Um, let's see. Pets 2. Oh. I worked on a few others. Um, and then the final year that uh, they, they brought me back, I worked on this game called Monopoly Towns, which was uh, released in Indonesia, but was never released in America. And that was a pretty fun game. <laughs> huh. Yeah, some, some things fell through, so they didn't end up uh, publishing in America. But I was uh, fired before that, actually, for being too slow. What? Yeah, uh, I'd like to think that I was too slow because I had spent eight months working crunch hours and was just completely exhausted. And I had also been uh, focused mostly on the art management side rather than the art side. But, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (sighs) Um, I mean, I work in IT too. And it's, it's tough. 
this has been a very interesting story though and at, at that point later on you were just I mean how did it make you feel and what happened then um <laughs> I think I needed the break <laughs> yeah I was uh pretty exhausted after working those eight eight months of uh crunch time it was 13 hour days five to six hours days a week oh wow for eight months straight <laughs> it was rough but you know that's it's the video game industry the company uh used was usually very good about that though that's partially why i stayed with them for so long but uh sometimes things happen <laughs> sometimes things happen okay so you need to do break and then afterwards you said uh i, I decided that perhaps working in the game industry wasn't for me because mm -hmm. uh, during those eight years uh, I had been working on improving my writing. So it's, it's not like I wasn't writing during those eight years. I was working on improving my writing, getting better because I'd always wanted to do the uh, art and the story for video games. Okay. Now, now I just want to do the story, write my own stories. <laughs> Without any uh, any programmers or publishers coming in the way and telling you how your story is going to change. Yeah. Shout out to Saving Throw. I see you. Um, so definitely, I can I can see where that's where that's coming from. And and you immediately went from that to Royal Road, or was there a detour? Oh, um, you know, I I spent. Uh, about a year working as an Uber driver oh. in the beautiful San Diego. Oh, and I really got to appreciate uh, the the city near where I lived because San Diego is just so gorgeous. Okay, I hear it means a whale's vagina. <laughs> What? Have you not watched Anchorman? No. <laughs> oh wait, I I did I did watch Anchorman, but it was like a long time ago, and I think I had uh, had a little bit to drink, <laughs> so it's a bit fuzzy. I, we're talking about everything but lit RPG and progression fantasy on this podcast, but actually, I think I'm go I'm actually going to leave this in. So if you're listening to this and you don't know what the fridge is going on, it's my fault. But I think this conversation is just too charming to not leave it in. So you were working as an Uber driver. Yes, I was working as an Uber driver. During that time, I just sort of, you know, worked, recovered, thought up ideas for stories. Um, then I eventually ended up writing Cold Steel Dig as a short story <laughs> that... Uh, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I was really, really bad at uh, recognizing what constitutes a short story and what constitutes a long story. So the outline that I had for the short story turned out to be 90,000 words. <laughs> okay, that's a very good outline. And then you filled it with life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, can, I can see where you're coming from. Um... Are you a pantser or a plotter? Oh, I'm I'm a half pantser, half plotter, mm -hmm. which uh, you know, half and half. So I've been 
most recently calling myself a creamer. Uh, <laughs> Which is an interesting choice of word. <laughs> I know, I know. It, it's probably a, a poor choice, but, you know, there it is. <laughs> it, it speaks of confidence. I really like it. <laughs> so, uh, Dragon of Rochester, everyone. Um, <laughs> the person who inspired Beware of Chicken. <laughs> the Digging Game. And in general, total creamer. So please, you go on. <laughs> maybe, maybe cut that out. <laughs> maybe cut nope. that out. Nope. Nope. This will stay in. <laughs> Unless, of course, you want me to take it out. I will take it out. But if not, this will, this will stay in. Yeah. I mean, this podcast is already like going way off on a tangent. And I'm here for it. <laughs> okay. Uh what were we talking about now? <laughs> where, where were we getting into? Uh... You were talking about San Diego. Uh, you were talking about driving in San Diego, taking your time, and then... Yes. Uh, writing Dig. Yes, then then I decided to write Cold Steel Dig as a short story and put it up on um, Royal Road. I finished it within about three or four months and then after I finished it, I decided to write Tome of Stealth. Oh. And then I got pregnant and got the worst pregnancy brain ever. It was so terrible. I- imagine uh, being uh, sleep deprived, the worst you've ever been all the time. Huh. <laughs> so I had to uh, pause my writing and I ended up taking a hiatus for a little over two years. Oh, wow. That's a long pregnancy. <laughs> well, uh, there was a pregnancy and then taking care of my little dragon afterwards. Yeah. By that time, you'd already finished um, the Tome of Stealth? No. <laughs> I had written like <laughs> 20, 40,000 words of it. Mm-hmm. And then I, I only had like maybe 50,000 words left to write before the uh, first book was finished. Okay. Um, actually, I had started posting When a Mortal Ascension Fails uh, towards the end of posting Tome of Stealth. And uh, When a Mortal Ascension Fails had uh, ended up having way more... Um, followers and that's what it became my uh, main story <laughs> which is really cool so what was it like actually for you to take s- such a long break i imagine that it mustn't have been easy oh no <laughs> it was not um i i knew i was ready to start writing again when um I started uh, having intense dreams that I had to write down, and I actually had some free time to write. Uh-huh. Um, but it still took me a while to uh, come back. Yeah. I think many people who read books don't know that many authors have this issue that writing for us isn't just, you know, the thing we do to earn money, Um like going to an office job or something. But it literally, well, for many people, it calms us down. And 
if you don't do it for a while, it, life gets kind of stressful. Oh, yes. <laughs> there, there are some people who write one book and are done. And then there are some people who cannot not write. They have to write. Oh, yeah, absolutely. All right. So 40 minutes in, we can go to the second question. <laughs> What's the best advice you've gotten as a writer? Actually, I have uh, two pieces of advice that mm. are the best. They're, they are equal. <laughs> um, Equally the best. Okay. I, I've been in a writer's group uh, since 2011. And um, there is a uh, gentleman in my writer's group who writes fantastic stories. Mm -hmm. They are so beautifully written. And I can't wait for him to finally get them published somewhere so I can read them. <laughs> <laughs> but he uh, told me that one of the things that changed how he writes and edits is self-editing for fiction writers by Brown and King. And I think that is one of the best pieces of advice that I'd ever gotten. Okay. The, the second one... Wait, 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 wait. You need to elaborate. Okay. Why is getting self-editing for fiction writers the best piece of advice? Yes. Well, because I learned how to edit. I learned how to do inner monologue, for one. Ooh. I was writing all of these uh, third-person stories with no inner monologue, or very little of it. Mm -hmm. Now I'm writing first-person stories that's all inner monologue <laughs> all right um, oh okay but yeah it teaches you how to edit it teaches you how to see things that can improve your story um it's just an all-around great uh reference book for editing huh i'm definitely gonna look it up yes i i'll send you a link okay so you can post it in the uh notes yes i will definitely do that well, 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 it's a new ad. If you're interested in having your story shouted out on this podcast, please reach out to me under critrpg.podcast at gmail.com. For now, I just finished the first book in my own series, Torchbearer. If you like a slow burn story about weak to OP main characters, mixing magic and technology and numbers going up, you might also enjoy this one. You can find the link to my link tree down below. And that's all for now. Thank you very much for listening and or watching. And let's get on with the show. The second piece of advice comes from Dan O'Bannon's Guide to Screenplay Structure. Mm -hmm. uh, so for the longest time, I had been struggling to get past the first twenty to 30,000 words of a story. Because I just didn't know what the middle was supposed to be like I had oh. the beginning I knew what was supposed to happen and then I knew what the ending would be but I had no idea what to do for like the 60,000 words you're gonna have in you the middle of your book right mm -hmm. and the the way um, he explained it is just so beautiful and simple and that's the in the middle things get worse oh <laughs> oh, that's so good. Right? Oh, it was such great advice. And after reading that, I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> Why couldn't I think of that? <laughs> yeah. Was, some, some people just do profound words of wisdom. Yes, absolutely. 
On that note, mm-hmm. actually, I have a book here standing right behind me. I, I, like it's it's well worn. Um, the pages are a little bit yellowed already, and uh, you know that like frizzy look books get on the top and lower parts of the, of the page when you thumb through them a lot. This book has this, and it's um, Beginnings, Middles, and Ends by Nancy Cress. It's in the series of elements of fiction writing, and I can wholeheartedly recommend this too, because it talks about the big dreadful middle. And I've never really struggled with that, because I'm a pantser through and through, but I did struggle with coming to an end. And this book, this book really helped me with that. It also helped me with the beginning, and... I think if we combine that with your recommendations, ooh, we will be unstoppable. <laughs> okay. Well, great. So please do send me the links. I'm going to post them under the podcast um, or under the YouTube video if you're watching on YouTube. Um, while you're in there, please do check out our Patreon link. Please also do check out Dragon of Rochester's books and um, all the recommendations we're going to be giving you in this podcast and with that the small interlude is already over and i would like to actually go to the next part if you could go back and change something about your latest three stories what would it be um maybe pushing the humor harder that's that's something i'm always Mm -hmm. trying to do push the humor Mm -hmm. harder farther faster stronger (laughs) Um, and then two robots come in. <laughs> Something like that. It's so rare that someone gets all my references. Thank you so much. Um, there is a book called... I don't know where I got it. It's somewhere. I think it's called A Comedy Toolbox. Um, how to be funny even though you're not. Oh, yes. Uh, Borjas. I've uh, been introducing people to that one. Yes. Yeah, it's it's really good when it comes to comedy. And he says that basically comedy is time and pain. Mm-hmm. I also really love the, um, I think it's it's the Andy principle. We always love our, love our own words the most. <laughs> Definitely go check that out too. I'm going to link it underneath the podcast too. Yes. Yeah. Okay, you were going to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'd want to push the humor. Actually, um, I met him at a book uh, signing of Ooh. the comic toolbox <laughs> oh wow so i think i think i might have a, a copy of it signed by him what yeah okay yes <laughs> that is definitely an advantage of living in the states mm-hmm. one of the uh amazing things that uh i found by living close to san diego is that uh there are a lot of really large fantasy science fiction authors coming to do book signings mm-hmm. sometimes during comic con the you know the the famous uh san diego convent uh comic convention yeah um sometimes outside of it so i have novels uh by brandon sanderson brent weeks um it's all signed by the author which is <sighs> I, I i find Yes, yes. Got to meet with them in person, which they are amazing to see in person. So if you Mm. ever have the chance, definitely go to one of their book sightings. Will do, if I get the chance. I'm not jealous at all. What are you (laughs) talking about? All right. 
Okay, good. We're 47 minutes in. This is the longest commute anyone has ever had. And people are probably listening to this podcast, like, glued to their, like, subway seats. And we are keeping them from their jobs. So we need to go through this real quick. Um, okay, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, please don't be sorry. We are both equally responsible for all the tensions we went on. Like, remember me talking about Anchorman? <laughs> okay. Books that you love. Please do shout out one or two new books um, or like recent books that you've discovered that, are, that have, haven't gotten a lot of traction yet, but you think are amazing and deserve more <clears throat> attention. Okay. Well, uh, Ducky's uh, book, Rise of the Necomancer. Oh! Um, I, I, I've been encouraging him to write it, actually. I've been giving him advice yeah. on it. And uh, I, I'm just adoring um, what he's been doing with it. It's a very um, adventurous type of story about a uh, necromancer and his uh, best friend and his cat, Schrodinger, <laughs> and uh, how they get torn apart um, and how he gives up his life for his cat and then gets cursed with necoization <laughs> or something oh, God. along those lines. It's, it is a delightful uh, story. And uh, he says he does not do humor well, but I, I beg to differ. <laughs> um, there's another story that hasn't gotten a lot of uh, love. Actually, my, um, my, so I play space opera RPG with a group this is a tabletop game from like the 70s right uh i play it with a group of wonderful individuals um one of those is a member of my writers group uh named robert mitchell evans who wrote a noir sci-fi called uh vulcan's forge that i beta read for and uh he he got it published with an actual publisher and he got it published right when all of those uh, close downs happened from COVID. So what would have been his big debut just got totally ruined. Oh, no. <laughs> because of COVID. Yes, right? Oh, no. Okay, yeah. So what was it called and where can you where can people find it? Uh, Vulcan's Forge. You can certainly find it on Amazon, um, probably mm-hmm. other places as well. Oh, yeah. So, uh, support your local bookstores, by the way, people. Yes, absolutely. Bookstores are magical places where cool stuff happens. And they're very important to us authors because there's something so personal about it. To go to a place where, like, think of it as Royal Road, but the algorithm knows exactly what you like. Actually, if, if you're in the San Diego area, I highly recommend going to Mysterious Galaxies, which is a mm. small uh, bookstore um, in the San Diego area. Oh. oh, okay. I mean, while we're shouting out our favorite bookstores, if you're in Berlin, Otherland is the place. Um, Otherland is an English-speaking bookstore here in Berlin. Uh, Berlin is, in general, very much English-speaking. But go there buy stuff from them they're all amazing and the story itself is very magical too the book that i want to shout out 
I'm not going to talk too much about it today because I th want people to like figure it out by themselves. It's called Heretical Edge. Um, I've read through the introduction of it and I very much like it because it's, it's, it's an urban fantasy kind of like forlorn mystery kind of thing, but it's coupled with a little bit of, of, um, yeah, school fiction. So like kind of Harry Potter ish, right? But you should go and read it. And we're almost approaching uh, the hour mark of our recording. So any other shout-outs you want to do? Um, no, that's it. Okay, cool. So this is the first podcast where no one has shouted out Merchant Crab by host. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I don't need to shout out Merchant Crabs because all of my stories already have crabs in them. What? <laughs> yes. It is uh, obvious. It is obvious, you guys. If you want your story to do well on Royal Road, it has to have crabs. We've been telling you all along. So you do the math. <sighs> <sighs> Thank you so much for being on. This has been a blast. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Yeah. And I think this is it. Thank you so much for listening. And if you've been listening to this on your commute, I'm very sorry that your commute takes 50 minutes. If you've been listening at home, uh, please do wake up and go talk to your loved ones because they miss you. And that is that. Thank you for listening to the Crit Podcast today with Dragon of Rochester. I'll see you next week. Bye.